It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. It's Phone It In Friday. I've got Taryn Bland on tap. We're going to talk all things Reds, get into what he's doing a little bit here. He's got a lot of irons on the fire, a lot of podcasts. He's a producer on a couple of different shows. Just great talk with him, jam-packed episode. So we're going to jump right into it real quick. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Reds podcast on all your major podcasting platforms. Easiest way to get the podcast each and every day. Hit us up on Twitter at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And give us a call on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. All things. If you've got a question, you got a comment, you want to rant, whatever. Give us a call, 513-549-0159. But for now, here is the interview with Taryn Blaine. Alrighty, for today's Phone In Friday, I have the man who runs Mo Egger's afternoon show and also the host of the No Holds Barred podcast and Down to the Wire 513 and Don't Question Yourself. You could say he wears a couple of hats. Taryn Bland is here with me on the show today. Taryn, how you doing, man? I'm all right. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, absolutely, man. Always have fun talking with you on Twitter about sports, so I figured why not? Let's do, let's do it on the podcast. Um. But first, I want to kind of get in to your path because you're, like I mentioned, you wear many hats. You're all over sports and stuff like that. What really got you into doing that? Well, once I realized my my NBA dream was was dead, uh, I figured <laughs> I might as well stick in the sport, stick with sports, and hopefully, uh, as as you say, I got three podcasts, so figured out I'll give a shot at talking about sports. And I've been doing that mm, these podcasts about two years now. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's really what really got me in, into this field. Every, you know, everybody had that basketball dream or sports dream, and once you realize that wasn't going to happen, you got to figure out something else. So, I do got to ask, and and here recently, um, he's had a couple of these promos, but uh, the mastermind behind Guess the Foot and um, Guess the rant. Was that you? Guess the foot was all mo. Okay. But I I did guess the rant was was mine. <laughs> guess the rant. I mean, and it's I'm not just saying it because you're right here, but guess the rant was pretty awesome. Guess the foot was crazy, but guess the rant was a lot of fun because just remembering some of those rants and stuff, it's like, man, oh man, these guys really went all out in that post game interview. Yeah, and that was the thing. I was just trying to find I mean, it's it's a lot of very common interviews that people would have got, so I try to go a little more difficult route to find some good rants, but some that people might not have heard or they remember, like, oh, yeah, he did go off like that. So 
I got to ask you too, because here recently you were down at the Florence Freedom Game for Wrestling Night, and you got to meet the man, Jim Ross. How did that feel? What, what put that night into perspective for me? Uh, that night was nerve wracking. Well, well, once I got in there, nerve wracking because I mean I got there, I got got great seats, and then they had the the autograph and picture session set up for them. And I seen people start forming a line and then you get in the line and you realize that, Oh, they're charging for this stuff. And it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but I don't know how, I don't know why he did it, but I guess the guy just seen, he just seen me and said, Hey, you want a free, you want a free voucher? I said, sure. He only gave me one. So that's why I got Jim, Jim Ross, you know, voucher. You, it was four of them, a voucher for each one of them. And since I only had one, I had to pick and choose. And obviously I chose Jim Ross, as you can tell by my Twitter profile picture. You got to, I mean, you got to go with a legend because he is a legend. Let's jump into a little bit of Red's talk here. This is a Red's podcast. We do tend to talk about that sometimes. But uh, when you think of the Reds, and I'm not even talking about just this season, but when you think about the Reds as a whole, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Interesting. Uh, that word interesting comes to mind. I mean, this season has been a roller coaster of emotions for a lot of people. Uh, starting off hot, starting, starting off, not starting off hot, starting off terrible. Yeah. Uh, then losing a lot of one run ball games, then getting hot here as of recently, and now losing four in a row. So, roller coaster of emotions, and hell, to still only be. Six and a half out of first place, five and a half out of wild card. I mean, it's pretty good for right now, based on how the season has gone thus far. Whenever you think back about your fandom, like being a Reds fan and all that different stuff, what's the first memory you have of the Reds? Oh, man. Uh, first memory of the Reds. Because, like, I think back I, about I, I've got ticket stubs from, like, 1994 when they played Montreal, but I can tell you what happened in that game. The, the first thing I remember the most is dad took me to a ball game in 99 and I got a team ball autographed by them and Aaron Boone hit like two home runs in that game and just stuff like that. Like I, I know it's not one of those things like, man, I was five years old. I remember that. Like, yeah, I don't expect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, um, as, I mean, as a kid, I mean, growing up here, like I always remember like just, like just random Reds players, like Dimitri Young, Greg Vaughn, like mm. Pokey Reese, and like as far as my first memory as a, as a Reds fan, uh, I was at Synergy Field then, and I remember Pokey Reese hit a home run, and the ball literally bounced like two feet away from me, and if I had a glove, I could have easily caught it, but I was only maybe like six or seven at the time, so I wasn't really quick on my feet. Um, Recently, the, the the as I got older and started becoming more invested with the Reds, memory comes to mind is I was in college and I had a, I, I believe it was 2012. It was uh, game three when, against the Giants, and I had to decide between either going to class or going back to my dorm room and watching the Reds. And I ultimately chose going back to my dorm room watching the Reds. <laughs> and unfortunately, we we didn't pull it out. So, and, and yeah, that, that just ruined my whole mood. The, uh, 
the funny thing is, like looking back on all that, and then coming up to this season, where you almost try to compare this season to last. You know, maybe 2009 is the one I keep thinking of. The year before they won the division and really started that successful streak. What has been your overall impression? Because you, you know, you mentioned that they're a roller coaster team. And everyone's been talking about, are they buyers? Are they sellers? Are they going to contend for a wild card? Are they going to lose 90 games again this year? Like, what's been your impression of this season? Well, right now, I feel like this is like this is the this is the do or die uh, point of the season right now. Uh, I, I keep saying six and a half out of wild card out of uh, first place in uh, Central, uh, five and a half out of wild card. And with the trade deadline looming, it's you got a lot of piece. You got a lot of pieces moving forward that are all one year deals, and they can get a lot of they can get a lot more money elsewhere. So they're at like uh, whatever. I feel like I said this yesterday on my other po- on the podcast. Uh, don't question yourself. These next eight games are crucial for the Reds, and whatever they do in these next eight games will determine how I feel they should act moving forward for the rest of the season. They, if they go, if they go 500, you, you sell this year and you just try to rebuild for, for next year. Obviously they have a a winning, a good record, maybe like six and two, then you're, then they're buyer. So these next eight games are very crucial for me. And I'll have a, a more, clear answer for you probably by all-star break that makes sense and and they've got some crucial divisional games too which definitely adds to that thought process that these next eight games are super crucial like i think only two of them are against the indians and the other six are uh chicago and uh, let let me look at my schedule without looking uh, silly i want to say it's milwaukee but yeah, Chicago. Chicago yeah, starting tomorrow in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago, Milwaukee, and then. And it's two not. It's, that's that's my bad. Uh, it's nine games. Yeah, my bad math. They've got no, four against Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, and and the the key for them is they're all at home, and offensively they've been rough this year. It's funny because mm-hmm. they just go through those stretches where it's like, oh man, they're not going to miss. And then they go through those stretches where it's like, well, the other team scored two runs. It's officially out of our hands. But who – and that was a little bit of a rant that doesn't really follow with this next question. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I did want to ask you because there's been a litany of different guys, whether they be personality-wise or how they do on the field. Who has been your favorite guy to watch this season? Favorite guy for me this year. I, I, mean, I always like Puig. I mean, I watched him from I watched him afar from afar when he was in L.A. and went and got a chance to meet him when he came up here to the station. Pretty, pretty uh, nice, nice guy. Uh, Puig's been has been a, a favorite of mine to watch this year. I'm glad he's finally uh, starting to get get the back going. Uh, been hot here as of, as of late. Hopefully he can he can continue uh, rolling for us. So uh, yeah, Puig's been Puig's been uh, my guy uh, this year. I mean, Derek Dietrich's also been fun to watch. You know, with with his antics, but he's kind of cooled off as of late. So yeah, but Puig 
apart from opening day from now. When he hits a home run, it's like a laser. Off yeah, his it, it kills. Yes, yeah, no, it, it, it's gone. Yeah, like there's no. Is it is it is it going to make it? No, you know it, it's gone. <laughs> it's out of the stadium. It, it, and one thing, and I love it too because you know all those uh, folks, the the typical fan that uses the phrase "back in my day," uh, they were all. <laughs> not happy about him licking the bat. And here lately I've seen him licking his arm. So it's like, I wonder if he's like consciously doing that. Well, okay, whatever. I won't lick my bat. I'll just lick something else. But he's, <laughs> see, he's so, and I, 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 I love, see, I love that about it. like, yeah, like things that, that make you different as a baseball player or, or as, as a player, no matter what sports you're playing, like that personality, I love that. And I, and, and like you just, I hate, well, back in my day, we yeah. wouldn't have done that or, Oh, he he would have been like we would have hit him potentially or something for doing this, like staring at like yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. Like I love players' personalities. That's what makes sports a whole lot of fun. And yeah, I I, I, I hate I hate the old times. I really do. Well, and that's the thing too. Like when you look at Puig, he's got a personality, and there's a lot of baseball players that. You know, for for better or for worse, they're very highbrow. They're very professional and just straight-laced in the way that they approach it. But they're playing a kid's game. Like, let's let's be totally honest. Big picture, baseball is a kid's game that there's a lot of people that watch. And so we just so happen to pay a bunch of guys millions of dollars to do it. So I love the personality. Because when you look at all the major sports, there's... Tons of NFL guys who are marketable. There's tons of NBA guys who are marketable. Heck, just about everybody in the NBA is marketable. There are a lot of baseball players that if you were to go down a list of names, there's a big chunk of them that you can name, and your average sports fan isn't going to know who they are. Just because, and, and, and maybe it's no fault of their own, but... Their personalities just don't shine through. And when you got a guy like Puig, I'd love to see him hang on to him. I don't I don't know what your thoughts are on that, and I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on that. But do you think they could hang on to a guy like him? I, I don't think they can. I would love like I said, I, I would love for him I would love for him to to, to do it, but and I'm and I'm not too familiar, like as far as the money goes. But I, I mean, Cincinnati, we're obviously not the big, not the biggest market, so he can get plenty of money elsewhere. But I said this once we acquired him, and people were talking about maybe, maybe we can try, they, we can try to flip him at the trade deadline. But I was like, if you want to, if you try to flip him at the trade deadline, then what was the what was the point of trading trading for him other than getting rid of Homer Bailey's contract? Right. It's like because right. moving forward, if you do trade, like if, if we do end up being sellers by the trade deadline, and you trade the guys like Puig, uh, Dietrich, and and whoever else is on one year deals, then what does that say moving forward? I mean, Scooter Jet, Scooter Net, hopefully, I believe, has come back tomorrow. Nixon Zell has been. Uh, great since since he's since he's uh, come up here but these games have been like we lost, lost a lot of one run games and i feel like one or two things different in those games we'll be maybe third second or third in the in the in the division so i would love for Puig to 
for us to make a, a solid move and try to keep Puig. But obviously, if he wants to go elsewhere and, and get paid, I, I can't blame him for that either. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's It almost makes total logical sense for the Reds to – it makes total logical sense for him to test the free agent market because he's never done that before. And he's got talent. He's still got years left. And it's understandable that the Reds probably will not be able to extend him as much as I'd love to be hot-taking and say that they will. Yeah, and I and I, I mean, and, and I said this – uh, off air and, and and just to myself, I honestly, I honestly feel like the only way we could keep Puig or have a, a a good shot of keeping him is if we were to make the playoffs. Which I mean, right now we're not out of it, but it doesn't look it doesn't look good at the, at the moment. They'd probably have to do a six game win streak and then another six game win streak shortly following yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like. I, I look at this lineup, and I'm like, last year, just a year ago, they were fine. And then all of a sudden, they, like, flipped the switch. And it was funny because there was a there was a feller who called into the radio show I was listening to just a minute ago said that, you know, Joey, he leads the world in uh, strikeouts looking. And there was actually a way to look that up on the best website in the entire world, baseballreference.com. And I checked, I checked it out. He is actually top five, so I was a little bit distraught that he was almost kind of right. But when I look at this lineup, I'm just like, man, are we still waiting for the other shoe to drop? Are we waiting for them to finally break through and consistently be good? Or is it just, you know, is it... Wow, how am I getting this out? Okay, is it what it is? Yeah. Well, I, I like and I'm and don't I'm not going to judge him based off what he does this weekend or how much he plays this weekend if he does indeed play Scooter Jeanette. But yeah, I would like to see how how Jeanette, how Jeanette fits in fits in with this lineup. Uh, and I think that's that's really the the the, the factor on if we are who we are or we could we could uh, improve because Jeanette's a hell of a bat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. No no doubt about it. Um, pitching, uh, our pitching has been a little little rocky as of as of late. And I mean, honestly, did you did you honestly believe our pitching would <laughs> would stay hot like it like it was at the beginning no. of the year? No, I, I, I even mentioned it before. I'm just like, if you thought the Reds were going to be a top five pitching staff after what they've done the last five years, I would ask if you've checked yourself into an institution. Like this, but <laughs> No, I'm with you. I mean, it's been nice that they've been this hot, but I definitely did not expect anything close to this. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, and that was that was the thing with me. It's like, yeah, we know pitching is going to, it's going to simmer down and we hope the bats can, can stay hot. And this last series, you know, it was two game series against the angels. I mean, only two runs in two games, like that's pretty terrible based on what we, what we just did at Milwaukee. So maybe, maybe it's just LA weather. I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll pick the bats up back home, uh, but they have to take advantage of these next nine games at home and hopefully make a lot of noise and, and make up some ground. I know we're running a little bit long here. I do appreciate you talking 
ball with me and all that good stuff. I did want to uh, start wrapping it up though with this question, and it may be a bigger than just this one question, but kind of wrapping in the Cincinnati sports scene as a whole, because this year, and, and, and basketball I know is going to stretch into next year as well, but this year starts a year in which there are a lot of new coaches in town. You know, you got David Bell with the Reds. Of course, he's halfway through a season now. And then you've got Zach Taylor with the Bengals, John Brannon with the Bearcats. Of these three guys, of these new coaches and situations where, and especially with the Bengals and the Bearcats, where there was a long-tenured guy in that position just a year ago, how does David Bell rank at the end of each season, like as far as do you think he has the best record of the three guys winning percentage been, rights? Cause obviously he plays a lot more games. Sorry. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I think he'll be number two behind Brandon. Okay. Uh, I think Zach Taylor will, I think the Bengals will be, uh, worse. Well, they have, uh, have a, a bad record this year. Uh, I, th- I believe David Bell will be will be number two behind uh, John Brandon, and obviously, and that's just based on uh, what they what they have. I mean, obviously, if you look at the rosters, you expect the Bengals, even though they just lost Jonah Williams, you expect the Bengals to be pretty good as long as they got Joe Mixon, Dalton Green, and and everybody. But I just think this is going to be it, it, basically like a trial year for Zach Taylor, and I say maybe five. Five and eleven, six and ten. So yeah, I'm, as far as far as the new coaches, I'm going Brandon, Bell, Taylor. I like it, and, and I I I'm with you because I also look at it and I think as far as rosters are concerned, and as far as teams really are concerned, the Reds gave Bell a. For you know, and I, I get it right now, they look like a cohesive bunch that really loves to play together. But if you looked at it on paper going into opening day, this was a tumultuous roster a lot of one year guys, a lot of guys whose contracts are coming off the books next year. And then you've even got fellows like Tucker Barnhart, who just a couple of months ago we were talking about if the Reds would get JT Ramuto and how much better of a situation that would be. So he he had to have heard something about that, you know, he's not. It's not going to be a turtle and just hide in a shell and not hear anything about it. Plus, you've got personalities. And like I said, you know, right now he's done really well in Yasiel Puig. I know he's had a past of being a little explosive, but so far that hasn't come out. He's been a model teammate. And I think a lot of that, I think a lot of the controlling of personalities goes to David Bell. On this, because I know they're, I know they're adults, they're professional ball players and all that stuff. But at the same time, they're not just going to automatically play together as a team. They got to have a dude that brings them all together. And I really feel like David Bell has done that. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Uh, not 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 compared to like Zach Taylor, but I mean Zach Taylor at best has been. Uh, I believe an offensive court offensive coordinator. He really hasn't had that head coaching uh, spot. So, and David Bell. I mean, he he's 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 been he's been he's been around. I mean, very young guy. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, what he what he's done with 
with Puig and and all these different personalities on this team has been tremendous. Uh, I remember I read a piece on how Bill Plaschke, Plaschke simply hates Puig and how he's glad he was out of <laughs> how he's out of L.A. But from things I've read that that he's done in the past, like like you said, he's been very modest here in Cincinnati. Really hasn't been too 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 much of a troublemaker. Too much of a troublemaker. Hasn't really been doing nothing really, other than playing baseball. And going to casino, I've seen him at Jack's Casino <laughs> quite a few times. So that that and the uh, charity event that he held, everybody was dressed to the vines on that one. That was that was pretty cool. That'd be one yeah, of those things. Little, little 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 rich, little too rich for me to attend that event. <laughs> yeah, I see those stuff online. I'm like, ooh, that sounds like fun. And then I look at the price. I'm like, ooh, not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Terry, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Um, wanted to ask you if you got anything. I know you got a lot of irons in the fire, but what do you got coming up on all your stuff? Oh, man. Um, well, we just dropped a, a new a no Holds bar podcast today. That's that's available on ESPN1530.com. Um, next week for my podcast, Down to the Wire 513, we'll be touching on NBA free agency as it gets gets underway this Sunday. Uh, we just dropped a new uh, Don't Quest Yourself podcast uh, last night talking about jo- Jonah Williams' uh, injury as well as should the Reds be buyers or sellers this year. And also, you can also if, if you're a fan of uh, music, specifically hip-hop, uh, I do the mix, the mixes on uh, 102.3 The Beat uh, here uh, in Cincinnati. So you can also uh, check that out on, on TheBeatCincy.com if you're not in Cincinnati. So, yeah, uh, and I do those. Uh, every Friday and Saturday starting at 10 p.m. and we go all the way to two o'clock in the morning so if you love music hip-hop music check me out gonna have to do that because mine's a little outdated still got the DMX <laughs> rolling and stuff like that so uh... hey, 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 look, <laughs> I, I, I get some DMX in, in the mix once in a while so <laughs> that's all right Terry man I really appreciate it dude and I uh, hope to talk to you again sometime soon yes sir anytime appreciate it That'll do it for the Lockdown Reds podcast this week. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to the show. Like I mentioned before, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting apps that there are out there. And check us out on social media at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Head us up on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. Also, quick note, and this is a little bit of free advertising because I love this thing. This weekend is the Greek Festival at Holy Trinity St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church in Finneytown. Address is 7000 Winton Road in Finneytown. And it's awesome. Just amazing Greek food. I don't know if you guys love Greek food. I'm a huge fan of it. I also call this, it's it's the Greek festival or Paniri. Paniri. I always mispronounce that. So I'm very sorry if um, I totally butchered that. But it's the Greek festival. I also call it Summer Thanksgiving. I get as much Greek food as I can possibly hold. Love it. Phenomenal time going. $2 per person. Children 12 and under are free. They've got free parking and a free shuttle service from St. X. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday is 5 to 11 p.m. Saturday is 3 to 11 p.m. And Sunday is 1 to 8 p.m. I encourage you, if you don't have anything going on this weekend and you're not going to the Reds games, or if you want to just hit this before you go to the Reds game, go to the Greek Festival absolutely phenomenal time and I'll be there 
I don't know. Hit me up on Twitter. Maybe we'll, uh, you know, talk Reds over a Euro or something. It's honestly going to be even better than that one time I went to a Reba McIntyre concert. Anyway, that's going to do it for us here this week on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. For the Lockdown Reds podcast, my name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Go Reds. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.